Holly G with the Golf Insiders with one of our favorites. He is the man that knows everything about women's golf, especially the LPGA Tour that just kicked off its season last week here in Orlando. Steve Eubanks, Managing Director of the LPGA, joining us today. Hi, Steve. How are you? Fantastic, and wow, what a great way to kick off the LPGA 2021 season. Unbelievable finish playoff. Uh, Jessica Corda and Daniel Kang and Jessica coming out on top with that big 25-footer on the first playoff hole. It was really one of the most exciting finishes that uh, we have had or could have had. Um, I, I think, you know, people had been waiting for well, for five years uh, for the Court of Sisters to be together in the uh, final group on the final day of a, of a tournament. That happened. Uh, Danielle Kang, who has been uh, as solid as any American player in the world, the winner of the Bear Trophy last year, uh, she was making a, a charge. I think people uh, sort of expected her to be able to pull this out. And Jessica, who hasn't won in a while and then has battled back and overcome quite a few injuries, uh, was able to pull it out in a playoff. I, I'll tell you, the, the numbers that they shot, um, really it was something amazing. I think a, a lot of people, Holly, were pleased that uh, the player who shot 60 on Saturday uh, ended up 60. winning on Sunday. Say that again, 6-0. 6 60. She shot, uh, it's the fifth. 60 and LPGA Tour history, the first since Paula Kramer did it way back in 2008 in New Jersey at the ShopRite Classic. Yes, and uh, Daniel Kang shooting a 63 on Saturday, and uh, she, early on in the tournament, uh, well, started right off making a statement, uh, making a birdie on the first hole, then one on the seventh. That gave her, I believe at the time, a four-stroke lead, Steve, and it looked like she was in the driver's seat. Yeah, it really did. I mean, she, she uh, of course, the, the back nine out there for, for whatever reason plays a, a little easier. There were a couple more par fives back there. It was a, par, it was a, it was a strange setup. It's par 34, 37. Front side's par 34, the back side's par 37. So uh, with Jessica's length, uh, the par fives were all reachable. And so being able to uh, to get to those fives and then have uh, shorter irons, which she hits incredibly high uh, into the par threes, she was able to make a, a very, very big run on the back nine. She was uh, 17 under par on the back nine throughout the week. Wow, yeah, she put a string of, I think it was four birdies uh, uh, from the 13th uh, on. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, making that... Uh, unbelievable putt to win it outright on the first playoff hole. Well, I, I like uh, how they set this up. It's fun to be able to see the women go after these par fives like the guys. It really is, isn't it? I mean, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought this was this was exactly what you want. I mean, people are like, oh, this golf course was too easy. Well, I mean, don't you spurt? Well, I do. And I think that was one of the things that um, uh, this, this event provided that we haven't seen uh, at a lot of uh, tournaments throughout the course of the year. There are some, you know, look, the U.S. Women's Open, you want par to be a good score. Uh, there are some majors where, you know, you want the rough to be, be thick and you really want people to struggle. This is a season opener. They've got celebrities out there. This is a golf tournament where you want to see a lot of birdies, want to see people battling down the stretch. And we got both of us. Yeah, it really is fun uh, with the celebrities. Uh, so, so break down how the, the play went uh, in the uh, pro celebrity am. 
Well, yeah, Marty Fish kind of ran away with the uh, with the with the celebrity side of this, and, and the, the the good thing about this event is the celebrities are not paired with a professional, so you don't have this this kind of team format going on like you do at uh, at the AT and T Pebble Beach or at uh, at, at the um, uh, Alfred Dunhill Cup Links Championship. You, you've got two separate tournaments going on. You've got the celebrity division; they're playing a uh, uh, they're playing a modified stable for it, and then you've got stroke play competition. The LPGA Tour players play. They just happen to be playing the same golf course at the same time. And the first three days, uh, they're paired together. Now, in the in the final day, they took the uh, the leading three LPGA players and put them out in the in the final group, and then they put the leading three celebrities and put them out. In the in the penultimate group, so you had uh, you had the two leading groups going out back to back. Other than that, I mean, it was just it was uh, a fun time with the uh, L- with the LPGA Tour players playing with their celebrity uh, counterparts. Well, you were mentioning that the Corda sisters were playing together in that final group, which was really fun. Nellie, of course, is the younger sister. Um, you know, we don't see a lot of uh, you know s- sister brother. Uh, you know, packages, if you will, in professional sports. Of course, you know, the Williams sisters we know. Uh, Brooks Kepka has a younger brother who's been, you know, trying to make it on tour. But uh, I just tell, tell my listeners a little bit about, you know, I can't imagine competing against your sister. You know, uh, they thought about it a lot because it, obviously they've both been on tour for five years and have been, uh, been expecting this day to eventually come. And Jessica was sort of like, well, the anticipation had been so big for so long that when it finally did roll around, we were just like, eh, it's another round of golf. Um, of course, when they got out there and they got in the heat of things, uh, they found that they were pulling for each other. Uh, which at some point you had to say, well, well, wait a minute, you know, I, I'm trying to win this thing for myself. Right. But, but you know, golf's not a sport where you can play defense. So you can certainly cheer for your, uh, you know, for your fellow competitor to do well while you're also trying to do well. Um, and I think that's what you ended up having with them. They, uh, uh, Nellie sort of was able to play freewheeling because she said, I'm in a no-lose situation. You know, I, either I can win it or my sister can win it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, very interesting, your your story on the LPGA.com about their whole family affair. Her parents are, uh, are uh, accomplished professional tennis players, correct? Well, her father is a, is a Grand Slam champion. He won uh, the Australian Open uh, in, I believe it was 1998, uh, and, and their mother played on the Olympic team. They were, from, they were originally from uh, the old communist Czechoslovakia. Uh, and, and were able to, to migrate to the U.S. and become U.S. citizens. Um, they actually still, among the family, still speak Czech. If you're on the driving range and sitting talking to each other and don't oh, understand, wow. uh, you're not losing your hearing. They're, they're <laughs> speaking Czech to each other. Um, but they, uh, this was the first time that they have seen Jessica win an event. Now, you think about that. Like, wow, she's won a lot for them not to have seen it. Well, she's won at the Bahamas. Uh, she's won in in, um, in Thailand. She's won in a lot of places in, in Australia. So uh, they haven't been able to make those trips. And um, it, this was the first time that both parents were there together to uh, to watch a victory. Well, not only that, but she uh, lives here in the Orlando area. So she was saying how nice it was going to be to really be able to celebrate and enjoy this one as uh, 
the LPGA don't uh, play again until uh, the end of February. That's right. Everybody believed this, uh, Holly, was sort of like the last event of last year um, because we really only had, you know, once you got through Christmas, about a three-week break. Um, then all now all of a sudden we've got a, a, an additional five weeks. So uh, people are saying this was much more like um, the final event of 2020. Now we have our, our sort of season-ending break and get, we get prepared for 2021. Well, let's talk about the GameBridge LPGA, which was a new event last year, is going to be played in Orlando at Lake Nona. And then that's going to be followed by a new event in Ocala, the Drive-On Championship. So share with my listeners about those two, two events. Yeah, you know, what, what has happened is, of course, the GameBridge event was usually the week after the uh, Diamond Resorts event, and it was it's down at Boca Rio. Uh, it was moved this year for a couple of reasons. Well, the, uh, we're not going to, to Asia in this first swing right away. Um, travel restrictions and, and uh, you know, the coronavirus uh, spikes in various countries. So we're not making the New Zealand, Australia, uh, Thailand, uh, Singapore swing, which we would normally make this time of year. Uh, so what we're doing is is having this Cambridge um, pushed back and then the drive-on championship, which, as you know, we, this will be the third of those, and, and, and those were created really to give playing opportunities to players during periods of time when we would have been overseas, but uh, because of the pandemic have been unable to travel. Uh, and, and this goes back to the, the, the uh, drive-on championship. It's going back to a course that a lot of these players are familiar with, uh, Golden Ocala, um, the Great golf course. Where we, right, where we used to have an event. Yes. Um, and now they're they're um, uh, they're going back, and I think a lot of people are really looking forward to it. I know I talked to Pernilla Lindbergh on Monday. She, too, lives, she actually lives right in downtown Orlando. Uh, and she was telling me how much she's looking forward to being able to commute uh, to two consecutive events. Uh, she's definitely going to commute down to Lake Nona. Uh, and sleep in her own bed all week, and probably going to commute for the first two or three days up to uh, up to Ocala, and then uh, stay up there once the tournament starts. Well, I saw quite a well. What into today's world looks like quite a few fans out there this past weekend. Uh, how are the LPGA handling that? And um, you know, will there be more fans at the next two Florida events? There won't be. This was something that Diamond Resorts had, had uh, sort of uh, insisted upon and did a wonderful job pulling together now, as opposed to having 15,000 fans. I think they had 1,200. Um, and they had all gone through testing protocols, and they'd all, you know, they all had masks and, and uh, you know, had agreed to, to, uh, to keep certain um, social distancing protocols in place. So there was, you know, there was a, there was a lot that went into being able to have this number of fans um, out at this event, but um, yeah, I think it went incredibly well. Now we're, we're not sure exactly when we will have um, you know fans back on a, on a much more uh, robust um, way, and, and and you know have have them out everywhere like like we hope to very soon. You know with uh, with vaccines rolling out, um, I think we're just going to take it on a case by case basis and on a state by state basis. A lot of it's going to have to do with the sponsor and how comfortable they feel. 
uh, putting people out in situations like that. And, of course, how comfortable the fans feel coming. Um, you know, I mean, you, you can say, oh, gee, you know, a, a large percentage of our population has been vaccinated. And a lot of people are going to say, you know what, I think I'm just going to wait. So, you know, I think it will be a while. It'll be a slow go. But, uh, but we're certainly moving in the right direction on that front. Well, speaking of moving, the big news a couple of weeks ago was that the LPGA Commissioner Mike Wan is moving on. We don't know exactly uh, to what yet, uh, what his future plans hold, but uh, he has really been uh, quite um, a leader and, um, you know, advocate of not only women's golf, but expanding the LPGA Tour, putting it in such great shape, Steve. And uh, fill my listeners in on the situation with Mike. Yeah, longest-serving commissioner in LPGA Tour history. Uh, Mike's been there 11 years um, and has just, I mean, to, to say he's done a magnificent job is really underselling it. Um, this was, this was the turnaround of all turnarounds. And for him to be able to come in and, and take a, an organization that, I mean, quite frankly, people were wondering if it would even continue. Uh, and, and for him to turn it the way he turned it and do it in, a, in such a, a, an incredible way, in such a dynamic way, filling our schedule the way he has, embracing the fact that we are a worldwide tour, um, you know, being able to bring in and, and kind of coalesce all of these various factions and interests, um, being able to, to have this, this office now in Asia, in, in Seoul, um, the LET arrangement so that the LET is now under the LPGA umbrella. Um, and, and, you know, while being a, while still being an independent entity, has the support of the LPGA. This, these are all things that I don't think anybody thought would, were even possible uh, a decade ago. And now um, the person who comes in behind Mike is going to, uh, you know, they, they're, they're inheriting an, an, an incredibly well-oiled machine, but uh, there's going to be a, uh, you know, there's going to be some high expectations for this person. So I really, I really hope they come in with their eyes wide open. It's, it's going to be a, uh, uh, it, it's going to be a much nicer environment to inherit than the one Mike inherited. That's for sure. No doubt about that. And a uh, lot of travel involved with that job, Steve, as uh, we've talked about, and really creating such an incredible global tour, uh, you know, like you said, being able to, you know, really bring so many facets together where, you know, they truly were, you know, working together to accomplish more. Well, I would just say, look, a lot of times you, when you start talking about administration of sports, it, it, you, your people get kind of off into the weeds here, and, you know, who's done what, and, you know, but, but if you can find a better person. Uh, in terms of who has who's done a better job with any sport anywhere, please point them out to me because I've never seen it. Um, th- this was this was an amazing. It's not just a sports story. This is an amazing business story. This is an amazing turnaround story. It's the kind of thing you want to you want to tell and and point out to people. And I hope he's taught in business school for quite some time. Yeah, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. And speaking of which, uh, it's a busy year ahead for the LPGA. We've got the Olympics. We've got the Solheim Cup. Uh, what else is on the calendar? <laughs> well, once we start up at, uh, at, at um, uh, Drive On in Ocala, 
it's pretty much full every week from that point forward. I mean, if you want, you want to play, you can play from then until the week before Thanksgiving every single week. And, of course, nobody's going to do that. But uh, uh, assuming that uh, all of these events come together as, uh, as they are currently on the calendar, um, there's going to be no shortage of playing opportunities for players starting at the end of February. Yeah, it's uh, it's very exciting. Uh, this is a you know Super Bowl season for golfers, both on the men's tour and the women's tour. Who else do you have on your radar? Well, I mean, obviously, I think both quarters are are you know people that you want to keep an eye on throughout the course of the year. I think you know we've been saying this now for a couple of years that uh, that they're destined to win a major championship, and I think they are. I mean, but for three of the most unlikely chip-ins I think you've ever seen, uh, you uh, Jessica, oh, excuse me, Nelly would have uh, broken through last year at the uh, the ANA aspiration, and I think this win gives Jessica a, a newfound bit of confidence uh, coming back from all of her various injuries and proving that she can win again. So I think you're going to see, uh, I would be surprised if you don't see a quarter either winning or contending for a major championship again. And our player of the year, Sayon Kemp, I mean, look, if she's proven anything, it's that she can take some time off and come back as fresh and, and hot as ever. So um, I, I anticipate uh, a really, really good season with a lot of great scoring. Well, fantastic, and um, they're playing the U.S. Women's Open in San Francisco, which will be uh, very exciting. In the back we have back-to-back weeks in San Francisco. We're going to have uh, an event at Lake Merced, and then, as you mentioned, the U.S. Women's Open at Olympics. So this is it's a pretty good two weeks of golf. It is. Fantastic. Well, Steve, we appreciate your time and um, look forward to – just watching some great women's golf as we kick off the 2021 season for the LPGA. Thank you so much for spending some time with the Golf Insiders. Thanks, Holly. Good to be with you.